welcome to episode 52 of In The Saddle Podcast. I'll be hosting today Mark Roski and I'm joined by usual suspects in Katie Clements, Lucky Loaders and the tipster man Paul Callahan. We'll start with the man of the moment, Paul Callahan. How's it going? Celebrity status? Absolutely flying. I hope I live up to that introduction. Um, but yeah, flying. Looking forward to this and looking forward to the weekend of racing and of course looking forward to the final of the the Racing TV 2020 tips there. Yeah, to be honest with you, Paul, no pressure, but I, I think you're a one-on-one job. Uh, I did get about that six-to-one. Um, I don't think it was Good my stuff. mind to three-to-one, but I'm on. I tried to go on each way, but I'm just on the nose. I'm confident. Um, and all the best. I, I think you'll, you'll do the business. Katie Thanks Clements. So Katie Clements. Um, how, how, can I, how can I start here? How has your day been? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Uneventful, uneventful week. I've been hideously ill, and today's the first time I've put makeup on. So, you know, putting makeup on for a podcast really pushing the boat out. Interesting. I can see Lucky Loader's eyes lining up there. <laughs> I, do, I do know you've had quite an interesting day, um, and you've got the yes from me, so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, all, all good, mate. We're, we're all about winners here. Been been on fire this week. Been pretty good week, so. Uh... Hopefully we can get some at the weekend because it's been been a painful last couple of weekends here on the podcast. Both the naps fell early on, so need some winners. Yeah, just for the listeners as well, we did a, a, a YouTube video podcast with Shireen Wall um, earlier on today, so we'll be previewing the racing from Hong Kong at the weekend, and that will be on her YouTube channel. We'll put a link in the bio to that as well. Um, maybe we can get a change of luck um, over in Hong Kong. But what we're going to do in this podcast, we're going to look at Friday and Saturdays, uh, the Cheltenham cards, and we'll start on Friday. We'll start with Paul Callahan. We're going to have a look at the 150 with Fitzdeer Club lo- loves the Peterborough Chase Grade 2. Paul, what, what are we on here? I'm going to side with the Venetia Williams train, Fanny and Desterval, Charlie Deutsch on board. I think the, the step up to two and a half mile is a plus. The only slight concern was that he struggled in Grade 2 company at Kempton last December. and He didn't jump grade. It's probably the fastest he'd ever jumped a fence in his life but I think that run was he made a, a couple of mistakes and was on the back foot from kind of the second fence onwards but I think that run will set, will stand him in good good stead um, tomorrow afternoon you know I think he, he would have learned a lot from that run at Kempton you know to step up to two and a half miles they're not going to go as, as fast as they did in that grade two I thought he had a cracking run on his seasonal reappearance, finishing second behind Magic Saints at the Open meeting last month. So I think that run should have left him spot on. So it's funny in Destreval in the Peterborough Chase for me. Yeah, he's currently 92 best price available. Uh, this doesn't look the strongest of races and has some, some decent French form before coming over, over to the UK. Um, I certainly think Denisha Williams Torres certainly got a chance here at 92. Uh, lucky Loaders, what do you like here? Well, I was hoping that Altior was going to run here, but uh, I, I think the ground's a problem. Uh, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe who knows what the ground is. But uh, yeah, Altior isn't here. Um, yeah, I thought this was really a tough race to work out. There's there's chances for pretty much all of them. I, I think you couldn't um, say any of them can't win on their best form. Um, but the one put Kalashnikov was quite interesting for uh, Amy Murphy. I thought it was uh, interesting that he ran over three miles over hurdles at uh, Haydock when we last saw him on his seasonal reappearance wouldn't have ever thought he would have got three miles but he seemed to run well for a long way in that that was the um, stairs handicap hurdle at Haydock you know and he ran a respectable seventh 
and he just blew up like he needed the run you know and it's also as well going to be second time after a wind up which is always an angle uh that's always quite it seems to be quite popular so um i think that's going to be in his favor as well um and if you go back through some of his best form he's got a live chance you know he ran not too badly last year early on and then he did bleed when he ran um against Altior in the game spirit at newbury which uh did put a dampener on things for him and he and he I hopefully they've ironed all that out but uh yeah i just thought kalashnikov was quite interesting and he's been quite well backed for it in um the last 24 hours or so so i think kalashnikov is is an interesting contender see in relation to that last one i hate doc um i think the thing that sort of sticks out for me is is the trip um because obviously he's his best form's around two and a half or below. Do you think that was just a, a run to blow the cobwebs out just to completely look, look away from that one moving forward? Yeah, I, I think so. Probably also as well, just to answer the question, could he could he get three miles? I think he I think he can. Um, but like you just said there, his best form's over shorter. I'd probably say two and a half is his ideal trip. Optimum, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was a perfectly respectable return with probably bigger targets like this on the horizon. Yeah, he's currently 92. Um, it's sure it's seven to do with Paddy and Betfer, so maybe maybe we know something. Um, but sure, every chance for Amy Murphy. Katie Clements, what do you like here? Uh, I am going to side with Kalashnikov as well. Um, I definitely think that running him over the three miles last time was in the interest of fitting him. I rode out with Amy Murphy um, a little while ago, and he looked incredibly well. Um, but a bit fat. Um, so I think, yeah, they'll have taken him over that trip to get some extra fitness into him. Um, but I think the wind issues and the bleeding issues, I think that's all firmly laid to bed. He looks absolutely incredible. Um, so hopefully it will be his day. Um, I know how happy the yard will see, will be to see him win. Um, nice little input with the, with the information there uh, regarding the, the fitness. I, I, th- I think he's got every chance, and I, I think he could potentially go off even shorter on the day, maybe around 11 to 4, 5 to 2. Uh, so Chris Loder and Katie Clements are quite keen on Kalashnikov, um, and Paul Callahan's quite keen on Fanin, Fanin, the Dostovan? Pronunciation's not the best there. Anyway, they're around the same price anyway. Uh, moving on to the 225 Unibet Handicap Chase 3. Back to Katie Clements. What do you like here? I can't remember what I put forward for this because there was loads of horses that I could sort of make a case for. Um, I've got made the favourite. Um, it's hard not to lie. Um, but I think I'd probably have um, an each way on storm control as well. So you're quite keen on the favourite at seven to four, court made, and you like storm control at thirteen to two. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, there's only seven runners, but you might be able to nick an extra place, um, additional place mark on Betfair. So Katie Clemens yeah, is quite keen the odds on somewhere. Yeah, I'll maybe see if I can I can work something out. But storm control at uh, thirteen to two, <laughs> uh, best price available, and uh, court made seven to four favourite. Um, Paul Calla, what do you like here? Yeah, I think Court Maid is definitely interesting. He was a good winner at Fairy House towards the end of November. Yeah. By process of elimination here, West Approach didn't really build on his, his run behind two starts back at Cheltenham at the, the showcase meeting behind Froden. 
He was well beaten at the open meeting. He only beat two home in a race won by Rams the Telly. That was a grade three contest. The other horse that I kind of caught the eye was Storm Control, but I think he's going to have to step up. He won an amateur race on his last, an amateur conditional race on his last start. He's a nice handy weight off 10 stone three. However, I don't think the ground's going to be that soft. So I do like the look. I think this all sets up to, to Black Corton, I think, with a clear round. He was a good winner of a grade two last season at Sandown off a handicap mark of 156. He's rated, his current rating is 160. He unseated at Ascot in a race won by Imperial Aura last month. And it's, I think it's with no disrespect to, to the other field, the remainder of the field in this contest. There's nothing of Imperial Aura's calibre in this. So I think with a, with a clear round, I think Black Corton is going to take the, the beating in this one. Currently, best price available nine to two for Black Corn. Um, I think that form behind Imperial Aura. Is, I, I know that you think quite highly of uh, Kim Billy's horse in Imperial Aura. Um, sky's the limit with that one. Um, and obviously, I think you can sort of sort of forget about that last run and seating um, very early on. But I mean, I do. Th- I think Court Maid's quite short in the bang at the moment. And I think if it goes around six to four, it's definitely one that I'd be wanting to lay on the bet for exchange. Chris Loader, what do you like? Uh, I totally echo what Paul was saying there with uh, Black Court and, and people already listening to this podcast might know that he's already been my nap for tomorrow on my YouTube channel um, and probably is my nap for this podcast too. I, I just think um, this is the weakest race he's has run in for quite some time. Um, he's been one of those horses because he's off a mark of 160. He's a bit between a rock and a hard place. He's not quite good enough to compete in those grade ones or at least win them anyway or he's or he's sometimes he might just be vulnerable to one in a in a really competitive handicap but he did show last season that he's more than capable of running decent races in these uh, big handicaps he actually ran over in Galway last year at the Galway festival when I was on him and he was an unlucky second he ran an absolute cracker under uh, a big weight there he also as well finished second at Kempton to Mr Malarkey um carrying a big weight again there off the mark of 159 he did unseat um in the Christie's chase at Ascot behind Imperial Aura like you said um but they're going to be applying the cheek pieces tomorrow first time he's ever had them and I quite like it sometimes when uh, the big trainers like Nichols and Henderson, they might just add a little bit of headgear. Some people might see it as a negative. I think it's uh, a positive, actually. And I think it might just sharpen up his jumping a little bit. And if he sits handy, which is his usual running style, I think he should be able to outclass all, all the, this field. Court made for me, like you said, is far too short, even though she was an impressive uh, winner last time out and is still on an upward curve. But uh, I think everybody's getting a little bit... Um, uh, carried away with that one and for me Black Corton at 9-2 I think could definitely be a lot shorter in the betting and I would still uh, back this horse even if he was probably priced up around about 9-4 to four. I think he takes all the beating All aboard for Chris Loader and Paul Callahan. Kate Clemens quite likes favourite court mates uh, best price available 7-4 um, and an each way opportunity and strong control for Kerry Lee and Richard Patrick currently 7-1 Moving on to the Glen Fargus Cross Country Handicap Chase. We'll go back to Lucky Loaders. What do we like here? Yeah, I think I've found one here with a little bit of a plan. It's not the strongest looking renewal of this race. This is where 
Easy's Land uh, burst on the stage last year, but he uh, was declared that he wasn't going for this earlier in the week and Potter's, Potter's uh, corner as well isn't going to be turning up here. So it's not maybe the classiest renewal of this race, but I thought the forgotten one could be interesting. Here. He's only six year old and he's trained by Richard Hobson, who I think is a bit of a shrewd and underrated trainer. has got some good horses at his disposal. And this horse has been running in France and his most recent start, he ran at Moulins and uh, also as well he won last time out at Compiègne over two and a half miles and um, that day Felix de Giles was riding both of them he's actually coming over to ride this horse tomorrow which I think is really interesting and he's actually won around this course on a on a horse that's done quite well here a couple of times called Urgent de Grogan so I think it's really interesting that he's coming all the way over for this one. If you look at the breed in this horse as well, he's got plenty of stamina. He's actually a half-brother to the two amigo, to, to, to the two amigos, who could be a player in the Welsh National uh, this Christmas. Very stamina-based pedigree. He's yet to really show that he can uh, stay over the trip, but you'd think six-year-old, you know, he's he should be able to maybe improve into that if it's in his breeding. Carries a nice low racing weight, interesting plot job. He's a double-figure price. I think he's worth an each-way play. Um, off bottom weight as well, um, sixteen to one, best price available, uh, for the forgotten one, Felicia Giles and Richard Hobson. Do you know just because uh, I've got a question for you? Do you know just on the on the French form in general? Do you think there's an ignorance from UK bookmakers when they're pricing them up? Do you think they're um, usually too big sometimes? I think they're starting to come around to the idea. I think with the with the likes of Edna Bulger now kind of not being able to dominate this discipline. Yeah. I think looking at the French is definitely a viable angle in. Uh, it's not just been Easy's Lands. There's another horse, along with version de Grogan, called Diesel D'Allier, uh, that won, um, I think it was last year, at Cheltenham. So the French do well at this race, and they race very similar. It, they have lots of cross-country races in France. It's a natural thing for them to do. And I think yeah, possibly maybe just because they're French, uh, a bit of a ter- stereotypical thing to say there, but just because they're French, they're they maybe seem to be of lesser quality whereas i think um in this discipline you have to really respect them and um i think they've got some of the best horses for this discipline around you sound quite bullish on this one it's the next best over the weekend Chris no it's just a it's just a i can see a plan that's uh, been laid okay. and i can it ticks like all the boxes but it's one that you wouldn't probably be confident enough to really put up like as a main bet but if i had to go for a selection in this race this would be the one. Do you think who shall not be named will put this one up? No, because I don't think they'll be covering Friday afternoon. Right, okay, no problem. Right, moving on to uh, Paul Callahan. What do you like here? Yeah, it's interesting. Just what Chris has said, the forgotten one, the trainer Richard Hobson. He was quite. He was a very capable jockey in his time, and I think he has a couple. I think he's a, a bit of a cross country setup around his yard, so he does quite well with the with the ammunition he's given. Um, also at bigger prices, Chris, you touched on Enda Bulger, obviously has his own cross-country setup at home. My hometown was second in this back in 2018. However, he's obviously been quite fragile and difficult to train. He only had one start pulling up. I think it was a temporary on his last start that was back in towards the end of October. So I think I'm going to side with the Jessica Harrington train. I'm going to take a chance with Never Oshikon, however. At the odds, you'll argue that Navarroshikon is, is quite short to take a chance on, given that he said his previous visits to Cheltenham have, have proved quite di- disappointing. Um, 
However, he has had two wins over the banks of Punchestown, and one of those victories came on his last start under Paddy Kennedy. He was fifth in this race last year. He was well beaten at the festival. I think it was Paddy Kennedy rode him in this race last year. It's interesting that Robbie Power, who wouldn't be a regular in the cross-country races, so I think you kind of have to sit up and, and take note that Robbie's getting the leg up and never rush it on tomorrow. The only slight concern is two visits to Cheltenham. His form's not as good for whatever reason over the cross-country course at Cheltenham than it is at Punchestown, but I think the jockey boot can certainly, certainly catch his the eye. Robbie giving you the nod, Paul. He hasn't, but I, I just know he's not a regular in these sort of races. So I think yeah. he kinda you have to to sit up and take note. The guys at the top are you know, when you get out Richard Johnson, I didn't go through the full list of runners and riders, but Michael Nolan's riding for Philip Hobbs and yeah. I know from when I was riding, a lot of the guys at the top end of the scale would generally pick and choose their right. If they didn't have a horse good enough to win or near enough that they thought was was gonna win in these sort of races, they, they wouldn't get involved. So it would be down to the second third or fourth jockeys in the yard or you you get an agent to maybe find it something especially off a of lightweight so i know never rush has is plenty of weight he's carrying 11 stone nine but i know i think robbie be pretty picky with what he'd ride in these sort of events yeah never rush he's hunted to ferry currently favorite at the moment um quite sure i see my my hometown for and the bulger it's currently eight to one i do think that's a bit skinny um it'd be it'd be interesting yes, to see if we do they do come for him He's obviously had his problems. Like he hasn't, you know, he's only had one run since since this race in two thousand eighteen. So you're you're definitely taking a chance if you're getting involved with my hometown. Yeah, certainly want to keep an eye on the betting. So never rush it, con one hundred to thirty for Paul Callahan, Katie Clements. What do you like in this one? Uh, I found Chris's little line there about the forgotten one really interesting because I looked at that as well, but. I would be one of those people that is naive about um, naive slash ignorant to French form. Um, but I would go Kingswell Theatre. He was fantastic last time out. And again, he's one of these horses where I really like the um, the breeding. So by the sire of Cucard and the new one and Balthazar King, um, loads of amazing horses. And it would be good to see him have another fantastic day. What did you make of that last one and the cross-country handicap chase to Cheltenham? Do you think it's solid form or, or what do you think? It's hard to say because, I mean, the race didn't pan out how I expected it to at yeah, I all. Agree. Yeah. Um, but you can't deny he put in a good round of jumping and he tried his heart out. Um, and it was Tom Scudamore on board again and they worked really well together. So... Yeah, yeah it's, an in, it's an interesting angle with, with uh, King's Oak Fury because there's no easy lands or tiger roll in this field, so this could potentially be an easier race for him. At 92, could be a huge price. Yeah, I thought that. Um, it was was 8 to 1. Is that your money, Katie Clements? No comment. <laughs> interesting, right. <laughs> Katie Clements is keen on King's Oak Fury at 92 as time of recording. Chris Loader is sweet on the forgotten one at 16 to 1, and Paul Callahan likes Never Rush a Con at 100 to 30. Moving on to the 335 City Post Handicap Hurdle. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I think we're going to have to go with the, the Tom George train. My former boss, Tom George, the colours of the old Freely Racing Syndicate, the Mount of Sam, Twist Davis, come on, Teddy. Carrying a nice little plug for. 
a little plug for your friend Dave Cross, the legend. Dave Cross, yeah, one of the, the ambassadors. Actually, forgot about that. Thanks for mentioning it. Um, yeah, no, I think come on, Teddy's generally fairly exposed. It's just his nine start over hurdles. Carries just ten stone two, running off the mark of one hundred and twenty nine. You'd imagine there's more to come. Like he, he was a good winner at market racing back in February, and I thought he ran a nice race. He's quite been quite keen finishing fourth behind Ashdown Lad at Cheltenham last month. And I think with the benefit, he's generally not keen, generally switches off quite well. So I'd imagine that run at Utoxeter would have just knocked a bit of the, the freshness and the gassiness off and should have left him spot on. Thomas generally, he's quite shrewd. And um, yeah, I think, come on, Teddy, be the, the one I'll be saying with here. He's off a nice weight. Um, and obviously, I'm off 127. There's certainly some... I'd be surprised if there wasn't more improvement there. Um, I really hope he runs big race for obviously for North Philly Syndicate and Dave Cross and obviously for yourself as well. Currently, best price available eight to one. Katie Clements, what do you like here? Um, I wanted to like a lot of them and then just sort of went ticking things off. It's interesting that um, Goodbye Dancer is quite short in the betting really because he's not had a good run of form um i mean when was his last win you tell me forever ago this um, race last year 13th of, 13th of december 2019 there you go um but yeah i think i don't know i'm gonna go mihaed for the skeletons um Candy Hurdle winner with Bridget, smart horse. Um, and yeah, it'd be nice to see Bridget have another good day with him. Um, even though I'd love to see Paddy Brennan and Fergal win it, but I don't I don't see it happening with that horse. Have you rode this one at all, Wyatt? No, I haven't. Um, it actually bit me when I was at the skeletons. <laughs> um, he's a bit of a quirky guy. He's in one of their lovely um internal stables with the big solariums above them uh and they think really highly of him yeah yeah i think that last one the pretense um you know i mean harry i think he's given a great ride by kevin brogan i do think that form looks solid um and i think that my six to one best price available is every chance chris loader what's your thoughts on this one yeah uh, quite a competitive race and you can make a case for many in here but I've already put him up on my YouTube channel and I'm going to have to put him up here as well. Um, that's on the blind side for Nico de Boinville and Nick Henson uh, up there at the moment as favourite. Um, I think if I was looking into this race, I would be seeing what horse could potentially bring a little bit of class to it or who could line up in the stairs hurdle. And I think out of all of them, this is probably the most likely candidate that could line up in the stairs hurdle. I'm not saying he's going to win the stairs hurdle or even make the frame, you know, but if he won this, he would probably have to go up to about 155. And he's still quite unexposed over hurdles. He's a horse that I kind of fell off a cliff with when he was running over fences. He was quite a smart hurdler. And then he went um, novice chasing and he, and he did okay, ran okay in a couple of big handicaps, but never really set the world alight and then um after a disappointing effort at uh, kempton i was actually there that day and i um was standing next to the, the owner's section and, and trainer section and i've heard nicky saying about this horse and he's like wow we've got everything in his favor today if he can't win that's it 
for for fences, and it's quite it's quite funny. Tara, Tara. Where were these owners from, Chris Lauder? Chris, Chris, where were these owners from out of interest of that accent? Where no, were they from, do you think? That, that's my terrible Nicky Henderson impression. Yeah, um, he, and he, he was 15 away favourite that day. Um, and he just never, for some reason, he just wasn't good enough on the day. And then they ran him in an all-weather bumper at Newcastle, and he actually seemed a little bit rejuvenated. He won well that day. And then he was sent over hurdles on his seasonal reappearance last time out at Cheltenham over the course and distance. I think he did the job quite well that day, uh, carrying quite a big weight and um, and did it quite nicely. And that that means he's now two from two at Cheltenham over hurdles. And I just think there's a little bit more to come from him. And he's there's a few horses that Nicky sent over fences, like horse like Boover Dare that didn't quite like it over them. And once they came back hurdling again, they were a little bit of a a different proposition and I just think this fella if he if he comes forward from that run he might just throw his hat into the ring for maybe a race like the stairs hurdle because on ratings if he does win this he's gonna be rated enough to at least take a chance in it uh and it'd be interesting to see how he does so I think he, he's the obvious and classiest candidate in this field and I expect him to go very close on the blind side four to one favorite for Lucky Loaders and Kate Clements is keen on Moyed for Dan Skelton at six to one and Paul Callan's Oliver Common Teddy at eight to one. That wraps up Friday's action. Moving on to Saturday's card at Cheltenham, we're going to start in the one fifty Caspian Carrier Gold Cup handicap chase. We'll start with Katie Clements one fifty. What do you like? Um. So <laughs> I saw some oh, yeah. Twitter oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. saying. Yeah. If oh, yeah. you back Tommy uh, Master Tommy Tucker at six to one in this race, you are a mug. Well, <laughs> I had it at twelve to one, <laughs> um, so I've had a little each way punt on him. Although it's a massive risk with him being in such a big field, he's only ever really performed well in much smaller fields. Um, and I, other than that. I like Saints on it, um, and I like the favourite Al Dancer. Um, but Al Dancer, I mean, it's at six to one on Beppo at the moment. I'm doing your job now again, Mark. Yeah, I like I like a lot of fun. I love that. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Saints on it, Egan Coleman, or Nichols. It's currently fourteen to one, best price available. Um, that massive tummy tucker. I'd like to see where that twelve to one came from. It's currently six to one, best price available at the moment. Um, it was. It, seems... it was antipost. A nice antipost. We're laying antipost bets. That's news to me, but we'll have to add that out. Anyways, sent on at fourteen to one for Katie Clements and Al's dancer. Maybe six to one as well. It's quite short on the bank. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? May just give a shout out before I go on the Saturday's race and to young Keen Borley. He turned, he was 10 yesterday. Um, I don't even, I follow him on, on the social media and I think he's a cracking young fella. I love his enthusiasm for the sport and I hope we had a, had a cracking day. So before we, we move on, before I move on to Saturday's rest, and just a big shout out to Cian Borley, who was 10 yesterday. Is that the, the so, kid who's, who's struggled with Brian's stick under his wing? That's it, yeah. Katie, you might yeah, know him. I don't know him at all now, but I just see, I follow him on, on the Twitter and I see Paddy Brown and all this stuff up him, but he's a great it's a really like quite heartwarming story behind it. So um, 
Kian's got cerebral palsy and um, spends a lot of time in a wheelchair and was at the races and Paddy went over and introduced himself and now he's become uh, the honorary assistant trainer at Ravenswood. But he's just brilliant kid. Like he's so passionate. He absolutely loves Paddy. Um, Paddy's been brilliant. Him turning up at school with like the actual real Cheltenham Gold Cup and stuff like that. Um, That's right. I've seen yeah. that on social media. It was That's really great. nice day yesterday. Just everyone saying happy birthday to Ken and I mean a bit of positive injection in the sport and encouraging kids to get involved is amazing. Sounds good. I, I did see see some of it, but only from social media side. But obviously, you you two have more connections, um, and obviously, see it more in the flesh. Maybe we can do something if we can land some naps. We can maybe send something to Kian for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a good idea. Agree. But I think his his enthusiasm is is incredible for the sport. Like as you said, is is you can see the videos of him. He's just he's a great young friend, and his enthusiasm is is incredible. Like, his honesty is incredible. There's a video of him um, watching the horses school at Burgles and he just, one goes over the hurdle and he goes, made a mistake. <laughs> just no holds barred, just says it exactly how it is. He's a legend. We'll try him. We'll try and sort something out. If we can get a couple of winning naps, I'll send something over to him. Send me his contact details. So no pressure now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, back to the oh, back to the, back to the action. Um, by Huntsman's son, I think is is interesting and a bigger price. Was a winner on a seasonal reappearance at Weatherby. Would need to step up off a mark of one hundred and forty-eight. Struggled off the mark last season off one hundred and forty, but did win off one hundred and thirty-nine when last season. I thought one four eight possibly a little bit harsh, but time will tell. Midnight Shadow won over course of distance as on New Year's Day in a race that Champ fell in. So the, not to kind of question the form, but would you'd imagine would have to step up, could be a little bit short around about the ten to one mark. Cool Cody will be on the premises, I'd imagine. But the one I'm gonna side with, I'm gonna I'm erring on the side of caution here because I think Sam Tristan Davis from watching an interview, I think it was in the last couple of days, I think Sammy wanted to go to the Peterborough chase. And I think it was the trainer was was opting to go for this race, so I'm going to come down on the side of of Al Dancer, running off the mark for one five four was third big favourite at the open meeting behind Cool Cody, but I just I can't see Al Dancer. I, I think corner for home. I can't see Al Dancer being that far off the pace. Yeah, with just the slight question mark, and that Sam Sam would have rather gone gone to Peterborough chase route. He's, he's certainly well found in the market at the moment. And it's, it's interesting the, the comment about the Peterborough chase with Sam. There's one I actually thought had a little bit of a squeak as Midnight Shadow for Sue Smith. Steve was coming into the battle form, currently 14 to 1. I think that'll run falling down the weights. Certainly one to keep an eye on the betting. Anyway, just to wrap it up, uh, Chris Loader is keen on Master Tummy Talker. Is that right? Yeah, well, you haven't Sixth come to me one. yet. All right, good. Moving to Chris Lauder, what do you like? Yeah, this? all right, everyone, go go sleep, get wrapped up for bed. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we got we got a little bit carried <laughs> away, and, and our plugging for charity. Sorry, Chris. No, that's all right. No worries. This is well, we want to help. Scrooge. We want to help uh, charity by giving some winners, and I, I think I think the obvious sure. is staring us in the face here with Master Tommy Tucker. Um, right, 
I can't believe people are saying even if you're taking six to one that you're a mug. Um, Paul Nichols had this horse entered in the Peterborough and he wants to become champion trainer again. Okay, he's miles clear of everything else, but the prize money for this race is far better than the Peterborough. If you, if you looked at the two races earlier this week at the entries and you, and you were thinking, what's he most likely to win? You would probably go to the Peterborough, wouldn't you? You probably wouldn't say, oh, because he's been a bit dodgy sometimes when he's jumping and and maybe he's not... Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, he's, we know he's a class horse on his day and we know that he's a quirky animal. And last season especially, obviously he's well fancied for numerous races and never quite delivered the goods with his jumping. Um, but he does seem to have ironed it out this season. And his run at Haydock last time was fantastic. He got an RPR of 165. That's nearly grade one level. Um, so you can't question a man like Paul Nichols if he's sending the horse here instead of the Peterborough Chase. Because on paper, I would have thought the Peterborough Chase looked like the more winnable race to me. Um, so the fact that he's gone here, I think, speaks absolute volumes. Um, and if there is a grade one horse in, in here, it's Master Tommy Tucker, no doubt about it. Um, he does have to give away top weight, but he has to give away a load of weight at, at Haydock, and he won by 15 lengths, beating Good Boy Bobby and Dashiell Dranter, uh, Dashiell Drescher, that are no mugs. So you've really got to sit up and take note there. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think he could easily be three. Do you think he'll cope with the bigger field? That that is a possible negative because he's done all his winning and races in small fields, but. If Paul didn't think he was capable, he would have gone for the Peterborough, surely. That that's where my angle is in it's it, it's believing Paul Nichols is a genius. We all sat here for or two months ago and said surname was the lay of the year. And we all had we all had to eat humble pie that day. So this yes, is those wins are still fresh. Thanks for opening them again. Yeah, exa- exactly. You know, like people said that Politolog was finished at the game last year. Look what he's done. He's turned him into the champion chase winner and he beat and he, and he won the Tingle Creek. Okay, yes, Altior didn't turn up, but he, he, he's got a neck at the moment, I think, of he's very I think he's right now been up there with some of the best form he's had in years. Um okay, maybe the stable have been a little bit quiet the last couple of big Saturdays, but you can't in my opinion I, I'm I've learned not to to, to mistake Paul Nichols and I just think that the fact that there's more prize money up here and the fact that he wants to be champion trainer again he wants to beat Nicky and the fact he, he wouldn't send this horse here unless he thought it would go very close and I could uh, and, I, and I think he, he's the one they've got to beat and if, if he does hold up in his jumping I think he I think he'll take all the beating however I do I don't always like back in favourites as you know and I do like to take take um on favorites and i like to put an alternative up and the alternative one you've already there's already been two mentions about it, and that was midnight shadow for ryan mania and sue smith he's arguably very well handicapped now with a mark of 148 he was uh, rated 155 when he started last season so he's seven pounds well in he always needs a run um so you can put a line through that uh, performance in the old run at um at Aintree. Does very well at the track. He's won the dipper. Okay, champ did fall, but he still won at the course. And also as well, he won the Rakeel hurdle here a couple of seasons ago back in twenty nineteen. Uh, I think he's a solid option. Sue Smith's coming into a bit of form. Ryan Mania as well is riding really well at the moment, getting plenty of winners, 
won on York Hill a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely doing very well with uh, the likes of Sandy Thompson and that. Chinky ticks a lot of boxes, course winner, well handicapped arguably, and uh, could go well at a big price. Stables coming into a bit of form for Sue Smith. They had a nice bumper winner today at Newcastle in seven arches. Um, they gambled it from 25s into sevens, made all one easy. Um, I agree with you as well. I think coming down the weights, very interesting off that mark. So just to wrap things up, Chris Loder is bullish on Master Tommy Talker at 6 to 1. Small each way with myself on Midnight Shadow, 12 to 1, 14 to 1. A little bit in places, but you might not be able to get on. Kay Clements is, I'm not going to pronounce the first selection, uh, Saint Sonnet, 14 to 1. Um, and a little bit on Al Dancer at 6 to 1. And Paul Callahan's suite on Al Dancer at 6 to 1. Moving on to the 225, Albert the Novice Hurdle, Break 2. Paul Callahan. Before we do that, <laughs> more, more plugging to the thing. No, it's not plugging. It's, um, have you seen how much Apple's Jade is sold for? Five something, wasn't it? Five thirty, was it? Anyways, <laughs> right. Back, back, back to my, my role. Do you, know, do you know Chris actually had a wee job hosting today and he absolutely smashed it? Like last minute standing. Yeah, it, you know, my, my job's in jeopardy here. You know, you were a good pundit, by the way. Check, check out judge. Mark. Maybe, maybe I should just shut up and like let you guys do the talking. To be honest with you, I need to play the clowns uh, down there again. Nah, oh, that's, that's actually truly. I tell them all the time. This. <laughs> but um, now we um we had good crack today. We'll see what is what the feedback's like. But listen, I'm gonna we can talk about Apple Shade at the end. Okay, I'm happy to talk about it all day. All right. Um. Right, I'm going to start at 225. Okay, moving on to the 225, Albert Bartlett, Novice Hurdle, Grade 2. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? Despite the small field, I think this is quite a, this could be quite trappy. You have Ashton Ladd, I'd imagine the winner of his last two is going to be prominent in the market. Danny Kerwin for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. You have asked a honeybee there. Make good for John McConnell, good winner with last scene. And John McConnell, always interesting when teaming up with, with Richard Johnson. But the one I'm going to side with is the Alan King trained Winhouse Tom Cannon on board. Two from two over hurdles with victories at Bangor and Ludlow. Is also a winner of a bumper at Utopster and finished, has yet to finish out of the first two, which is incredible. And I think after having one or two first and second races over hurdles, that Alan King has wasted no time in stepping up to, to grade two company. It's interesting, obviously, with the, the program, with the racing program, possibly up in Tatters a bit this year. But I think he's wasted no time and um, certainly knows what it, what it takes to win around there. So I think it's uh, win house for me. And when I was currently 9-2 to two in the bank at the moment, it's interesting uh, run, run and ball beating at Bangor. Is it goal, Millie goal? Uh, obviously, he went on to win twice after it's obviously franked the form. Um, I do think it's, a, it's just unfortunate. Well, there is a runner. It's just a crack in each way, but isn't it? 9-2. to two. If you can nick it a bit of 5-1, to one, you'd be absolutely laughing. Um, Chris Loder, what do you like here? Yeah, um, I thought, again, like what Paul said, this is a really trappy race. You can make a case for quite a few in here. Um, I've kind of actually changed my mind, actually. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, I always change my mind on air. I'm surprised that Katie didn't like this one. Ask a honeybee. I thought we were going to be getting all the Fergal love on this one. This, this horse, I think, just needs every inch of a trip, to be honest with you. Um I think I think he's a good each what again an each way kind of price at six to one. Um, he's quirky. He he is, but if you look 
at how he ran last time. That get around, I've got lots of respect for Alain Picard. I absolutely love this horse. I remember backing him at a big price for a bumper, and I think he's one of these horses just because he's with a small trainer sometimes gets underestimated in the betting. And I still think, even though Oscar Honeybee probably should have got the job done that day, I don't think anything should be taken. You should take anything away from get around and this, this, um, this race. You're going to need to stay. You know, it's going to be a long way home for some of these horses, and there's quite a few in here that I could put line through, put line through with the stamina angle. I, I think a lot of these probably won't quite get the trip. And Oscar Honeybee he's going up and tripping extra couple of furlongs but you look at his pedigree he's got some three mile for some three mile form in his family you know and to me he just looked like he needed every inch of a trip and he, he screams to me that he could be a type for maybe like i don't know on the day of the Cheltenham festival if he's running in the albert violet 50 to 1 you're getting six places in a 20 runner field i think he could be worth it fun... could be a fun each way bet because he probably would win a right go very close in a race like this but he probably wouldn't have the sexy profile to to be a short price. So for me, I actually remember this race, Chris. We I'm sure we were on the phone at the same time, and he, he looked he looked well beat um, final furlong at Newcastle, and he just sort of picked up again, didn't he? And just 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 denied. Yeah, yeah, Paddy Brennan had a hard day that day. I think he was on not so sleepy. He was on my horse Brave yeah. Eagle as well, that unseated. Yeah, he, he didn't have a a great day that day, but I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, uh, it's actually Connor Brace this time um, can do the job. So uh, yeah, uh, ask Honeybee. I think he'll be very hard to knock out the frame. It's currently uh, eleven to two best price available for Fergal O'Brien and Connor Brace. Katie Clements, are you with Fergal's here, or what do you like? Oh, I, I'm tempted, um, especially because I mean the horse has beat the favourite before, but over a shorter distance beat. Ashton Lab by Hartlett, um, at Weatherby. So I was I was tempted by that. I would be interested to see why they put Connor on board. Um, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, there's a few questions about some of them about whether they'll stay. Like took the lot and Danny Kerwin and. I'm, wasn't convinced. But as Chris says, who are we to argue with the decisions of? Nichols, um, but I'm gonna go with the Alan King horse, Windhouse, for all the reasons that um, Paul's mentioned, and the fact that by presenting, and for me, I adore that stallion, um, the sire of Denman. Do you need to say anything else? No. We're good to go. Paul Callahan and Katie Clements are all over when a house at nine to two. It's a crack in each way, but an eight runner field. And lucky loaders is with Fergal O'Brien's Aska Honeybee at an eleven to two best price available. Moving on to the three o'clock international hurdle grade two, back to Katie Clements. What do you like? I like loads of horses in this race. Um I mean Chris was gunning for a Call Me Lord song for someone rematch. <laughs> but I think I've learnt my lesson there after um, the way that Song for Someone jumped last time out. You're two um, and okay at the moment. Sorry? Match bet. You're two and all for match bets. Having a terrible, terrible time. But there we go. Um, 
but yeah, I think you can make a case for loads of horses in this race, and I, I think it'll be a really exciting one to watch. Um, I'm going to go Silver Streak for it. I was really gutted with him getting carried out last time by, was it Not So Sleepy? Yeah, it was, yeah, Not So Sleepy, yeah. yeah. Literally, first fence just said, nope, not today, Paddy, off you go. Um, and pulled Silver Streak out of the race, which was a real shame. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for him this time. Um, I'm staying away from Goshen until I'm proven otherwise. Yeah, that's like Chris Lowe's favourite horse, uh, Goshen. Currently 94 in places. Chris Lowe's all bit loving that. Um, Silver Street's currently 8-1, to one, best price available. Stable is coming into a little bit of form, uh, Evan Williams. I know that Chris Loader is very sweet on an Evan Williams runner. What do you like here, Chris? I'm, I'm not with Evan Williams uh, in this race, but I do think this horse has is, is been a great servant to him. Um, and that would have been the day for him to finally get his grade one because he always runs his, his races in these races. Um, but just always falls up short normally to... to Tell the uh, listeners about your anti-pulse bet on Evan Williams right now. Oh, how, sta- how, how confident you are. Oh, Stargazer. Oh, Stargazer. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably probably confused to Phil Kirby two miles or so. Um, <laughs> Stargate, that's the name of it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was brilliant. Um, a sand down, run up the hill. How many horses do you ever see fly up that sand down hill? Normally it's... It's like the last man standing kind of thing who, who who can just about get home up the hill. But you don't normally see too many horses show a turn of foot. Yes, it was a three-runner race and they went slow and, and it kind of did turn into a sprint up the hill. But you don't normally see many uh, horses, like I said, fly up that hill and really testing ground at Sandown. And both those horses are rated, they beat, are rated at least in the low 130s. And if they have run up to that form, he's easily put in one of the best performances we've seen definitely from a novice hurdler in England honestly it was quite funny on Sunday I don't know if anyone saw the Nick Luck interview with Evan playing it down playing it down down, yeah I saw that Um, you know like Evan's normally quite he's quite a subtle guy you know but he's got a good sense of humour but I think this horse yeah it's probably a benefit what he does hurdling anything he does hurdling will be a, a positive for him but this this lad will always be about jumping a fence uh, in time, and uh, but I just think he he should head for the valley more. Give him a crack at the valley more because I think even at ten to one now, if he turns up on the day, I think he should be a little bit shorter in the betting. But that's just my opinion. But yeah, anyway, back to the international hurdle. Um, yeah, this race all revolves around Goshen, doesn't it? Your favourite horse. How many how many places in the lane? Um, well, if there's Ten, 10 horses in there uh nine places no i'm not saying he's going to come last but... i need to speak to the exchange guys and we'll get a market for nine places just so chris Lurie can lay it yeah goshen to come last um i'll, I'll probably uh stop giving the horse a hard time nah, yeah yeah i know i just think that no it's 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 more the people that are getting carried away and saying he's a champion hurdle horse that i just think some people just judging him from what he did as a juvenile, and even though he ultimately was the most exciting juvenile horse we saw last year in in the UK or in Ireland. Um, it's a big ask for those juveniles to step up to become a champion hurdler the next year. You don't see many horses do it 
it takes an extraordinary horse to do it. And I wasn't that keen on his flat runs. Um, when he was running on the flat last season, I've mentioned this so many times, everybody's sick to death of it every time he runs and then gets uh, uh, withdrawn at the last hour. But yeah, he, he didn't show his his enthusiasm, I thought, in his flat runs. His run at Goodwood was maybe slightly better. Maybe going over hurdles might bring a better light in him. But what is he now? Five to two? Do you really want to be going on a horse? that Even Gary Moore will admit to, to he might not admit it, publicly but i know privately from um talking to the people in the production office at sky that they haven't been happy with him for ages he's been scoping dirty a lot and they just have to run him once before the champion hurdle and this is kind of like one of the last chances they're going to get to do that so so yeah goshen does have to prove it on saturday if he is a champion hurdle horse but the one that you like um i'm a massive part of his fan club is a song for someone for Tom Simmons, who's been in blistering form in recent. Uh, and this horse, uh, song for someone, is his flag bearer. Was a very impressive winner in a free runner race at, um, at Ascot when he won the Ascot hurdle. Uh, the only question mark you would have over him is is this trip maybe just slightly on the short side for him. Uh, if you watch uh, the Kingwell. A uh, hurdle which he won at uh, Kempton, a reorganised one. Um, he was really lacking for uh, the speed in that race, it appeared. But because uh, I think it was Diego de Charmel who hit the front, just didn't see out his race, he was able to uh, rally again and get up in the closing stages. So that would be a slight negative. But because there's not many uh, great ones for him to be aimed at, probably the, the race at Aintree at the Grand National meeting is where his ultimate target would be. But in between now and then, they might as well have at the champion hurdle, and um, and uh, he he's he needs to try um, against some of the the horses that would be running in that race if he's going to go down that route. So this is definitely the ideal race. He runs at Cheltenham as well. They'll get to see if he handles the course. But I think he he's not to be underestimated. He's a great jumper for the hurdle, and uh, I think uh, he will definitely give you a good run for your money. And he would be my pick for the race. So just to wrap up Chris Loder's thoughts, um, very, very keen on Song for Someone, not a fan of Goshan. Uh, Song for Someone is currently 6-1. to one. Um, Chris Loder wants to be laying Goshan all day long. Moving on to our tip star man, Paul Callahan. What are we on here? I'm going to say that So Royal, winner of the West Champion Hurdle, was a good grade, good winner of grade two in Canton two starts back and had to follow following that an incident packed fighting fifth had to, to make his own run for a lot of the way on that occasion and, and was clocked by Epitante. It was interesting Darren Jacob said on the approach he was very rarely had been as fast down to a hurdle than he was over the down to the, to the last hurdle and just the way Epitante quickened away from him he said was absolutely incredible and incidentally the, the fighting fifth was 0.79 of a second slower than standard. So it was an incredibly, despite the, the drama in the early stages, it was quite a, a respectable time. So I think So Royal, for me, takes the beat. And I think Song for Someone is interesting as a silver streak with a, a clear run. Gosh, and obviously, as Chris mentioned, it obviously has to be problems or else he would have ran by now. However, being a French recruit, he was so straight last year as a juveniles. Where would he? It's, it's very rare. I've mentioned this before, French horses... Obviously, statistics there's there's you know there are a few exceptions, but French horses don't often train on, and, and I think he was so straight last year. 
you know, where is that improvement going to come from? To, to you know, to, as he's uh, as he steps up the division, um, he he needs to improve again, and and just the fact that he, he was like he was incredible in the triumph, like what happened, or, I've never seen it happen before, and very unlikely we'll see it happen again. But he would have been, you know, an incredible winner of the the triumph at, at the festival. But his flat runs haven't cut much ice. I know he finished third at Goodwood on his last start, but you know he, he was well beaten at Haydock as on a seasonal reappearance. But just the fact that he, he was so straight last year would have had question marks. Had he be, had he been just got a, a clear run for the first start over hurdles. But um, yeah, taking all things into account, so I'm going to go with Sora. Um, it's interesting. I, I did see the comments from Daryl Jacob. Like he did sound really bullish, um, and I, I think that fine fifth form looks looks pretty solid. Um, and there's no there's no impotente in this race. And it's interesting that Goshan's taking up so much of the market. And I'm against him. We're all we're all against him. Um, I think this could be a really good opportunity for people to profit from. Not, Do you think Goshan's a place against him as a horse? I just feel like after how unreliably been, you'd be, it's a bit silly to be quite so sure. Yeah, I agree. Would, would you would you place Liam, Katie? No, no. I'm just gonna leave him to it. Leave him to prove me wrong. Well, I hope you're you're wrong in this one because we could have a lot of egg on our faces if Goshan actually hoses up. Um, Katie Clements. Um, I don't know if she's starting to get swayed by by the Goshan fan club. She's keen on Silver Streak at eight to one. Chris Loder's keen on Song for Someone, and Paul Callahan is all over Sorai. I'll I'll be I'll be siding with Sorai. Well, I, I think that thing for form looks solid, um, and that wraps things up for this week's podcast. I know that Katie, you are really keen to talk about Apple's Jade. The floor is yours. Um, just. Whilst we've been recording, it's just come through that um, she's sold um, to Gordon Elliott um, for over 500 grand. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what she produces, and I'm excited that he's that Gordon's got her. And yeah, I'd be really interested to see what she gets put to next year as well. Could be an another superstar in the making. Um, any other input, thoughts, lucky loaders, Paul Callahan? Yeah, um, I, I just want to actually say that I do have one other fancy. Um, that it's actually going to be in Paul's race that he's going to be uh, having to delve into until uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, the mayor's handicap, Pearl. It's actually was a good race last year throughout Damned the Company. And indefatigable. So there you go. There's a couple of stats for you, Paul. Help you do your homework. Um, but I thought there was a couple in here. Indefatigable runs again. I think she'll go very close, but just be a bit worried. She has to give quite a bit of weight away. But I thought I might have found one for the Martin Pipe hurdle. Um, long, long time in the future, obviously. So we've got a few months to go. But uh, yeah, I thought um, Dan Skelton's Molly Ollie's Wishes. Who I put up as winning that last time on my YouTube channel at Hereford was very interested in running in here off a mark of 130. And I think despite Harry riding um, Aggie with it, I thought William Marshall was an interesting jockey book in. And I wonder if this could be a Martin Pipe potential plan because you look back at this um, mayor's form. Sorry, I'm talking again uh, for a long time, but I'll go, quickly go for it. Um, the, the race at Hereford, she made a couple of 
un- silly mistakes. And if she could just iron out her jumping, she would be a lot better than what she is currently rated at the moment. Also, as well, she finished third behind Ribble Valley at Carlisle, which is no bad thing at all. Um, I just think the way she won at Hereford was a lot better than the bare, per- bare performance suggested. And I think she could easily have a few more pounds up her sleeve. Um, and I just think that if uh, she can win this race, she'll go up a few pounds. William Marshall, interesting uh, jockey. I know the Skeltons do like him. He's been getting quite a few good opportunities with them. And I just wonder if this could be their Martin Pipe contender come the festival. So Molly Dolly's wishes, just one to watch out for. But I'm quite sweet on her. It's interesting with the with the jockey booking. Um, if you take the claim into consideration, it's actually one pound better off. Um, of one, two, three. Um, I I like the rider as well. When he's been riding in conditional races, he's definitely a standout. So every chance. Um, he's currently eight to one at the moment. I do think he'll be a bit warmer on the day. Paul Callahan. Um, any more thoughts? No, all is good. I'm kind of. Yeah, looking forward to the weekend's race and then yeah, looking forward to a bit of studying for this race on for that race on Saturday, the Coast Brothers Mayor's handicap order. It's yeah, I'm confident I'm confident you'll do yourself justice. Um I, I've had a few quid on it six to one. We're currently three to one at the moment. Um and all our listeners as well, make sure you vote for Paul Callahan. Um he's our man. I'm confident yeah, on the bacon on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Definitely I think he'll do the business. For anyone who has voted, uh, thanks very much for taking the time out to vote. Um really appreciate it and, and definitely just what you mentioned, Mark. If I'd, I'd appreciate one last final push on Saturday. Yeah, we'll give that a good plug. But that's been great. Uh, thanks for your time, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, gamble responsibly. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave us a review. Positive, negative. Have a good weekend. Cheers.